Hello, 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 and welcome to the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. Please like, follow, download, and subscribe, and you can throw in a comment so that you never, ever miss an episode of this uplifting and encouraging and inspiring show. My guest today is Vicki MacLatayad, and she is a music entertainment industry icon, record executive, wife, mother, grandmother, businesswoman. She's the president, CEO, and founder of, of Y'all Remember Gospel Centric Records from back in the 90s and when it was launched, and it catapulted the careers of folks like, like Kirk Franklin. And she was just telling me that she's just coming back from the 20th anniversary of the recording uh, with the Renda Clark Cole had with the label. And she's had great success over the years. She's on record labels. She and her husband, Claude Latayad. She's got a publishing company. Uh, her artists have included Kurt Carr, Byron Cage, uh, Kelly Price, Dave Hollister, Donald Lawrence, Tremaine Hoggins, and she's worked with the Winans and Andre Crouch before she formed her her own labels. So Vicki, Vicki, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I am doing good and we're so happy to have you here to chat with us today. Now, I said all those things about you, but you know what? I can't. I did not mention that while you were doing all this stuff, you were raising two girls, you and your husband, and yes. uh, and you're a big woman of faith, and and you have a great show that you do on IG Live called Car Fitable Talks. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Well, you've actually been on that with uh, some great guests with us, so that was nice. Yes, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely, I appreciate Absolutely. it. Now, we've known each other for probably like over 30 years, so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it it has been some years, so let's like take a little a little journey down Vicky MacLatiad Lane here. Now, you are for real, for real California girl, right? Uh, absolutely. I'm a fifth generation California. How about that? <laughs> wow, a fifth generation? Oh, yeah. that's something. We uh, yes. we just talking about how you being a real California girl. Now, how many siblings did you did you have, and uh, what were your I parents have three, like? I have two sisters. My parents were fabulous black folks from the Bay Area. My mom was mayor and of of San Mateo, uh, a predominantly white city. And my dad, you know, he was a big sports star and all that in high school. Went to school with Merv Griffin. I don't I don't know if many of you know who that is, but yeah. And um, worked for the post office and had his own janitorial business. So my parents were very, they were all about education and upward mobility and my grandparents as well. And very strong in the AME Zion denomination, I guess you'd call that, yeah. So uh, my mom was Catholic, my dad was AME. And we well. lived two doors down from the AME church. Yeah, and so we were active with the AME. That you know that that's interesting. You had a Catholic, and then you got an an AME. <laughs> what was I, that? What was it like growing up in your household? Well, you know, being from the Bay Area, it was a liberal household, and an, you know, we had at that time we had the Black Panthers, and I had mm -hmm. um, gone to school around uh, Patty Hearst. She went to the sister school. I went to Notre Dame. She went to Mercy High School, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And we had a lot going on. So we had the Black Panthers, Eldridge Cleaver, and Huey P. Newton across the bay. And then in San Francisco, we had a Haight-Ashbury. The hippie movement was 
right down the street from where I live. So, and then we had the Hawkins, of course, who were in yeah. Oakland. And so it was just a very interesting, very musical time. Yeah, because you're in the red, you had all the whole rock thing, the flower children thing. All of that. And, and the, the funk moon movement. Was in the seventh house. <laughs> <laughs> the age of Aquarius. So, yeah, that That's was a very, very interesting time to, to grow up. And then you had two different kinds of uh, denominations that were in your yes. household. But how did you end up in in gospel? I know you went to UCLA. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. But uh, with all this going on, you going to UCLA, how did you end up being involved in the gospel industry in the first place? It was crazy. I was um, I was at UCLA and I was working on a, a, a film with Richard Pryor. That was an incredible situation. I did an internship there. I got seriously saved while I was at UCLA yeah. and had an, another internship at RCA Records. And I wanted to work in Christian music because I got saved there while I was, you know, working for RCA. And I was able to get an internship with Gentry McQuarrie, who was at Light Records with Ralph Carmichael. So I was, the first projects I got were the then wife of Walter Hawkins, Tremaine Hawkins. So mm -hmm. I had that project all to myself, commissioned, who, you know, Fred was in the band with the Winans. The Winans were one of my first projects and at Vicky Winans and all of that. So, you know, it's kind of, these were the projects I got to work by myself. So I ended up really being a part of breaking those projects. So yeah. you said being a part of those projects. So you were involved with, if, uh, if I remember correctly, marketing and promotions at the time. That's right. That's correct. And I was the only black person in the whole company. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Look, I did not know that. I just remember yeah. meeting you on the phone when I was a young person in radio, fresh out of college and programming yeah. gospel music. Did not know it with some of those companies. You were the only, only little sister girl up in there. That's right. <laughs> I worked, I came in with Gentry McQuarrie, but then he went on to do other things and I was there for myself, by myself for quite a while and broke those artists. You know, yeah, because they were, you know, they were new. They weren't considered necessarily that important. They were that important to me because I had them to myself. But, you know, the big artists over there, of course, were Andre Crouch, Walter and Walter Hawkins. Those were the big money makers. And the biggest seller of all, believe it or not, was Walter Hawkins. With his Love Alive series. His Love Alive series, yeah. That's the, it's, it's still awesome and still phenomenal and still oh, yeah. saving souls all these years like 40 years is it about 40 years gotta be yeah, 40 gotta years be. later wow yeah, it's gotta be mm -hmm. now what has been for you the most challenging thing working in the music biz and then in gospel because it is no easy feat to work in the gospel music industry i'd, I'd say the most challenging thing has been the racism and sexism <laughs> Uh, in the industry and it's made it uh, you know so when I wanted to get promotions it was very hard even though I had broken all these artists and even worked at A&M with the Brothers Johnson worked uh, the Winans at, at Light Records and then at Warner you know I'd worked with all these people they would often put white males in those positions who had no experience in gospel and the two black guys that were major were Gentry McQuarrie and James Ballard but they wouldn't give them divisions they would give them to somebody else and the sexism i think was even worse so i left and started my own label actually because i said wow 
I've I've broken and I've worked with all these artists, the Winans, Walter, BB and Cece, uh, you know, uh, even Crystal Merton, if you remember her, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, commissioned and 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 all of these um, people, and I nobody cares. <laughs> and they'll hire me to help them run their labels, which uh-huh. actually ended up happening, you know, at, at the different divisions at Sparrow, Warner Brothers, A&M, but I couldn't get a position, let alone, I wanted to be a vice president. That's all I wanted to do. I couldn't get it. But, you know, but then again, you know, God had other plans. It's like, that's right. We think we're supposed to be working up under somebody, but God said no. No, and and for a reason. And so I ended up starting my own for those reasons. And God really blessed it. You know, I, because I started out with the the first artist I signed, who I call my my first baby, is Donald Lawrence and the Tri City Singers. What was that uh, album? Songwriters? Songwriters Point Point of View. I and remember we became that. really, really close, and I needed a second project. And uh, Daryl Coley had actually given me a cassette of this guy named Kirk Franklin, and I needed to. That, that first deal I did with Donald was a lease deal, so the next one was to sign my own artist, and that was Kirk Franklin and Donald um, Lawrence and Kevin Bond were very, very instrumental in helping getting that project prepared and ready uh, for my life. And I do remember those two working with you on some some things. And some of your big, big hits came from working with those two, didn't they? No, well, yeah, Kurt Franklin. Yeah, that one. Uh uh From his point of view, because when we had it, some other guy had done the production, and the production was very bad. And he would not have had hits if it hadn't been for that production work that Kevin and Donald lived and did and Donald helped me pick the first two singles and everything. I and did I not know telling, that. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people don't know <laughs> that, but you know that the, the project, um, a, a lot of other people had a chance to be a part of the project, but they turned it down because the production was bad. But for me, I didn't think that I was going to be able to get any major, major artists on my label. But from Sparrow, I had been used to working with Billy Ray and and cutting and really kind of nitpicking and A&Ring the projects that they had there. So I could I could understand a project that wasn't there 100% and I could tell you what it needed, basically, mm. technically. And as long as I had somebody that could work with me like a Donald Lawrence, I could get that done and make something out of that. And that's what I did with those first projects was, you know, take something and make something, make out, something of out of it. And then, yeah, in, but I mean, go ahead. Was I was going to say, I don't want to take away from the genius of Kurt Franklin because clearly mm-hmm. he was the genius. But those first three projects, we had other people produce those and um, really get them together and where I wanted them. Now, speaking of, of, of those of those other artists, you have your own publishing company, too, don't you? Yes, mm-hmm, I do. So which artists do you have that are signed to is Lily Mac, right? Lily Mac Publishing. I can tell you some of the people we've had. Okay. Um, Hezekiah Walker, of course, Kirk Franklin, Kurt Carr, the uh, Trinity 5-7. Those girls were there for a while. Pretty much anybody who was on my label at the time, and then some extra people, like I said, like Hezekiah, and I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the other one. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. Oh, Car- Carnell. You had Carnell. Carnell Morrell, and... Um, you know, I have to really look. I have to really look. I had Walter, Walter Hawkins. I didn't know you had Walter on Lily Mac. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. I have some Walter Hawkins stuff. And 
One of the big challenges that you had during that time is that Claude, when you and Claude started uh, Be Right Records, right? And it yeah. was, a, oh God, that was such a, it was a phenomenal thing. It was a, it was yeah. a blessing, but then there were also, a, it was also associated with a lot of. Uh, All hell broke loose. Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you for, for putting it Oh gosh, yeah, because that was a deal with Interscope and gospel folks and, were like mad at you, weren't they? They were saying all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I got sued by um, Sparrow, and oh, yeah, gosh. it was just—it was crazy. Oh, it was so crazy. We had lawsuits all over the place and everything else. And I remember when those things first happened, my uh, attorney said, "Congratulations." I'm like. What are you talking about? Congratulations. I'm I'm about to lose it. And he says, Well, now you're big time. Because <laughs> people coming at I'm you, like, right? Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so it was yeah, like they came at me and they never stopped. Well, I remember like because we were talking to each other around that time when all this stuff was going on. And didn't you have like death threats? Or, oh yeah. Uh, I had death threats. It was crazy. Um, we had to call the FBI once. I had yeah, I had death threats. My first time I got death threats was when we had Denise Williams because this guy uh, he said she was an angel or something, and he needed to have her as his angel. And I remember that. And yeah. he wanted me to, and so, and then we would have people sometimes would want to kill me because I wouldn't sign them. Really? And of course, I. Oh gosh, yes. We had one guy that was sitting across the street from our office for days, and we had to call the police about that. Hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Because you know, people would never have imagined they probably a general public would not think about stuff going on like that, especially with with a gospel label. But you all were doing something that was transformative at the time. And uh, right. when you put out with God's property, which is, uh, that's a whole world unto itself, uh, they, right. you guys did stomp, and folks were like, "Well, yeah. that ain't Jesus, and that ain't God," and it was it was a lot right. of stuff behind that. Yeah, it was. It was Mm. It was, I had, you know, it really took a lot out of me. I think I had a couple of nervous breakdowns because I didn't, I didn't mm. really expect that. I just, you know, I wanted to do good. Um, I wanted to do what I believe God had for me to do. And I was so excited to do a job with excellence. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't mentally or even spiritually prepared. I don't think I was yeah, very mature. Of course, I got there, but yeah, it was quite a shock. Yeah, and doing also during this time too, you you were doing your 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 record business thing, but you also started doing things with films, and and you worked with folks like uh well, like David Talbert, and yeah. you all were involved with. Tell me about some of the movies that you all were involved with. And, and um, um, we worked. Um, first of all we worked with david talbot's plays yeah the plays and yeah. and so that was a big deal and then we worked on um with uh, with whoopi goldberg ll cool j jada pinkett on kingdom come i love that little movie we, still to this day yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we worked with spike lee on one of his movies and oh gosh i'm missing the name of it right now i can't remember get on the bus get on the bus that's what it was get on the bus with those those men okay yeah get on the bus and um did some other things as well i can't remember them you've done so much and at this time it's like you know you're an 40 icon years. 40 years and you're an icon and you're thinking back and trying Whatever to remember that means, 
you know, you know, they call you an icon. They call you a shot caller. Uh, you know, black girl magic kind of woman. What do you think about when you hear those things said about Vicky Mac Latte? This, you know, this little girl from it, the Bay you know, Area. It doesn't. It doesn't really click at all. I don't. You know, my my grandmother and my parents. The way they taught me was not to brag and not to be into all that. And you know, when you get to know somebody's personal life, it's so different anyway. Mm. So it doesn't. What it, what I get out of it now is that I'm getting old. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I must be getting old now. Oh, um, I okay. do appreciate it when people say, but I don't let it. Doesn't I don't know. It doesn't really click. Mm. So I just keep wanting to do the best job I can, and it's. I think it's because I've been at it so long, and the Lord did allow me to have some great opportunities. So okay. yeah, I look at that. I hear you, Vicky. Thank you so much uh, for that conversation. We'll be getting into part two of the conversation between Vicki McLatiad and me talking about her life in the music industry and things like, oh, like she had death threats. That'll be on the next episode. So thanks once again for joining us today. Now, make sure you subscribe right now. That way you will never Ever miss an episode of this uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring show? Now, if you want to reach me, Lynn Woods, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Lynn Woods, L-I-N-W-O-O-D-S, or Instagram at Lynn Woods 96, or Facebook or LinkedIn at Lynn Woods. This has been the Lynn Woods Gospel Entertainment Podcast, where we talk to inspire. God bless.